Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Friday, another wrap-up. Here we are again with another incredible week of everyday innovators. I really encourage you to go back and listen to as many as you can. They are around 30-ish minutes, give or take, and each one of them has a wealth of knowledge in them. But today, what we're going to do is we're going to wrap it up. And what I mean by that is I'm going to share with you the aha, the inspiration that I got from each of the everyday innovators that I interviewed this week and what action I took. I like to think of the Friday wrap-ups as like the action podcast because this is where I shift a mindset or try a new exercise or a new approach to something based on what I learned from these incredible people. And I do that and I share that with you because first of all, my life is an experiment. So hey, let me make some of the trial and error. But also, I do it so that you can take action as well and get the full benefit of everything that we are learning together. So what do you say? I share with you just a little nugget of insight that I had this week, a little story, and then we'll dig into each one of these great everyday innovators. So here's what I wanted to share with you. I've been thinking a lot about maintaining your innovator status. And what I mean by that is not so much badge value or ego. I mean more, if you're a leader, if you're out there innovating, how do you make sure you stay in that position? I was watching the news the other morning. I had this whole thing about Netflix and how it's really fallen behind. It's losing all this money and all all these subscribers. And I thought to myself, wow, that's really interesting. Netflix created the streaming category and for a decent amount of time had the competitor advantage, the first mover advantage. And I would say upon reflection that their product was better, meaning their quality of content was better, their streaming service, whatever their technology behind it, that was better than the competition. But then I started to think about it and I realized that, you know what, over time, that competition is really caught up. HBO, Disney, Peacock, Hulu, fill in the blank, right? There's probably more than I'm not even thinking about. And now what was once a Netflix-driven category, streaming content, has become a commoditized category filled with a lot of players. And it made me realize that oftentimes that's what happens in industries. In fact, you see it across industries where somebody goes in creates the category, they have the first mover advantage for a while, but then over time, the competition comes in and then the entire category gets commoditized. And then the challenge with that is you're playing on price. And that's a tough place to have a business for sure. And the insight that I wanted to share with you or the the thing I was thinking about is, wow, what a shame. Netflix at that point didn't continue to truly innovate. And in fact, I would argue from a customer perspective that they've gone from quality to quantity, right? Now, when you go on Netflix, it's like turning on your cable channel. I don't even know what to look at. It's too much. And it's like they're throwing stuff out there and 
And all the other competition is now doing quality content too. So that doesn't even matter as much anymore. You get the point. But I want you to think about in your work, in your world, how do you not end up in the position that Netflix is in today? Now, I'm not saying they're not going to come out of it. They've got some really smart people over there. But, you know, they're talking about doing things like maybe having a level that has ads, right? So cheaper, but you have to watch ads. Well, Hulu has been doing that for 10 years or whatever years they've been in business. But they talk about having you pay for every subscriber, right? So like, you know, families tend to share Netflix. Yeah, good luck with that. And also, I'm not sure I like that idea. That's expensive. Like maybe put together a family plan or something, Netflix. But you get my point. Even their ideas that they're trying to come up with now are pretty dated and commoditized ideas. So I share this with you because I want you to think about the curve that you're on. And if you're in a first mover advantage in your world, and maybe that's in your leadership and in your job or in your business or in the industry that you're in, I would encourage you to start thinking about how to not rest on that success, but how to leverage that success to keep innovating and keep ahead. All right. What do you say we dig into our everyday innovators? We had some incredible people this week. So let me remind you of who we had. On Monday, we had Donna St. Louis who is the owner of Fire Brands. So she does consulting, help people elevate their revenue and their game. She turns people who have kind of like thought leadership ideas into, into real revenue. And she's an instinctual risk taker. And then on Tuesday, we had Jenny Glick, who's just incredible. And she's a marriage and sex counselor and just full of insights and wisdom. She does her work a little bit, a little bit differently. Actually, I would say a lot differently. And she is an instinctual inquisitive. And then on Wednesday was Philip Winter, who's the co-founder of Nebia, which is a, a product that helps you with like a tool that helps you save water consumption and money. He's a risk taker of fluid. And then on Thursday, we have Jonah Lupton, who's the creator of SoundGuard, which is that paint that absorbs sound. So great for hotels or for houses too, to help make the rooms soundproof. And he is a tweaker inquisitive. So totally different industries, right? Everything from paint to water tools or like bathroom tools to marriage and sex counseling to consulting. I love it. It's one of the reasons why I love this podcast. All right. What do you say we dig into each of them? In fact, I think I'm going to work backwards. I have to go Monday through Thursday. So I'm going Thursday back to Monday this week. Let's just, you know, shake it up a little bit. I am a risk taker experiential after all. So as I said, Thursday was Jonah Lupton, who's the creator of SoundGuard, that soundproof um, paint. How cool is that? He created something that nobody thought was possible. So I asked him a lot of questions about managing resistance, managing the kind of the obstacles that he hit, trying to put this new product into the market that's so different than everything that's out there today. And he said something that really stuck with me. They got me working a little bit differently in my business. He said he likes to identify the qualifiers that take out the unnecessary fear. I thought that was really powerful. So when you think about driving innovation and, you know, selling new and crazy ideas to your boss, to your team, to the, to your customer, we got to figure out what those things are that make them fearful to buy or fearful to say yes. What are their objections to what we do? So I, I thought that was so insightful. And I think something that maybe I don't spend a lot of time doing. And also I think sometimes I make the mistake of thinking the person on the other side of the table is going to tell me right? They're going to tell me their fears and objections. They're going to tell me what they're afraid of or why they're it's a no or why they're a little hesitant. You can always read in their body language, can't you? Always. And so I thought, all right, tomorrow, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give myself a challenge. And my challenge is to always identify the three biggest fears that my clients have so that I can answer them. 
So as Jonah says, I can take those qualifiers off the table, right? The unnecessary fears. And I see the ones that are unnecessary as the ones that I have an answer for, or I have a way around, or I have a solution for. So this was the challenge, right? From here on out, in every conversation with clients, when I'm trying to help them, whether whether they're in our everyday innovator method and they're part of the program already, or whether it's new business or whether it's part of the community, whatever it is, I want to identify those fears. So I'm in a call the other day, on a call the other day, and I give myself this challenge. Okay, tomorrow, three biggest fears. Let's figure out what these qualifiers are. And I start asking, and they're like, I don't know. Let's let me think about it. Let me see more. Right? They're not really telling me. So I'm like, okay. I know some things people are dealing with. So I'm going to start bringing stuff up and I'm going to see what sticks. So in doing that, I recognized the top three fears for this one person. You ready for it? In fact, and here's what I'm going to say. I've done this multiple times since over. And what I've discovered is that those fears are fairly universal. And I'm not saying there aren't others in the people that you work with, but I think you'll see that what one person fears another person fears. So I started to see a pattern. So I'm talking to this woman, I start asking her things and, and I say, okay, well, given how busy you guys are, how does this everyday innovator method work for you? But let me back up. I was talking to her, she's a prospect about purchasing the everyday innovator method for her team. And that really looks like purchasing the assessment, right? Everybody understands how they innovate first. And then they go from that to a kickoff event. In this case, it's a virtual recorded event, but it can be live too, but basically to ignite innovation, get people excited. Then it moves on to building innovation and getting her as the champion in the organization and any other champions access to something called the Champions Corner, which is all the tools for how to engage, how to keep the momentum going, how to deal with objections, right? Just how to be the leader of the innovation effort in your company. And then the fourth part of that is the sustained part, which is giving the team access to the innovation toolbox so that they have the tools they need to ignite innovation every day. So we start out with how they innovate, right? And then we go from there to the how. So this is what I'm talking to her about, just to give you context. And so I say to her, you know, you guys have a really busy workload. You just told me about all the things you guys are doing and everybody's got 20 more things on this on the plate. We have time for this. And she said, well, it's interesting you say that tomorrow because one of my concerns is that, um, you know, that we're not going to be able to fit this in, that, you know, we don't have time for long webinars and processes and things that are hard and exhausting. Like, I need something the team can just integrate into what they're doing already. Boom. Unnecessary fear. So I got to tell her about how everything is a micro lesson and it's power packed and it's short and you've got these bursts of innovation. And so I get to tell her about the micro format that we built specifically for that because I dug until that fear came out and it was a real one. So then we go on and on in the conversation. And I said to her, Hey, what kind of support do you have to make this initiative a success? And she said, well, I have support from the president, right? I have support from this person, that person. She said, but there's a bunch of people in here who are, I don't know, resistant to change. They're the legacy thinkers. And I'm a little bit afraid of them. And I'm afraid of, I don't really know how to deal with them. And I'm afraid of being judged and afraid of it, like getting shut down because these guys can't see past themselves. And this was like, she really, you could see her get physically distraught talking about this because it isn't just, how do I talk to a legacy thinker? It's like, I'm going to be judged and I'm going to look bad if I can't get these guys on board. Now I got to deal with this conflict. Well, boom. Okay. Unnecessary fear number two, because we have the whole champion's corner 
where we help you actually manage the buy-in and manage the engagement. We have tools for that. And on top of that, right, we're here for support. She's doing a bigger package. We're here for her. So I got to address that. Boom, two fears down, one to go. So we're talking and talking. And I said, hey, have you tried innovation efforts in the past? And she said, yeah. She said, you know, oftentimes the reason they don't work for us is because they're just really complicated. She said, I just, I need to make sure that when we get into the toolbox part in particular, that the activities and the templates that people download are something they'll actually do. She said, here's the deal. I don't want to get into a meeting and suddenly have everybody annoyed and throw it away because nobody can figure out how to do the complicated innovation exercise that we've downloaded that sounded great, but none of us can figure out because it's like you need a PhD to figure it out, right? Boom. Well, let me show you some of our easy to use templates, right? In fact, we're all built on accessibility and ease. And once she saw it, it totally put her mind at ease. I showed her three different templates of exercise and she was like, I could really see my team liking this. They're visually engaging. They're so simple. But three fears, but I had to work y'all. I had to really work to get them out of her, not because she was lying or hiding, but because People don't even know sometimes what to say or how to say it. And I needed to get her to a place where she could really say it to me. And I did. Three fears, right? Number one was overwork, too busy, we'll never fit it in. Number two was pushback from resistors. And number three was things were so complicated, we couldn't figure out how to do it. Nailed it. Of course they purchased. But I share this because anytime we're trying to sell something different, new, innovative, that bucks, actually I didn't say bucks, changes, right? Makes a change in any way. We're going to deal with, as Jonah said, the unnecessary fear. So he wants to figure out what those are so he can overcome them. I love that, Jonah. Thank you. And I've worked a lot harder from there on to try to figure out what is the fear on the other side of the table. And I dig and I dig and I dig. And sometimes I'll say things like, here's a little tip, by the way. You know, sometimes when I've talked to other clients, the concern that they've had is XYZ. Is that something in your organization we need to worry about? Or, hey, sometimes when people purchase the book, right? Um, Getting people started to reading has been a struggle because X, Y, Z, does that resonate with you? Whatever it is, you get the point. Do the work to take out the fear. Thank you so much for that, Jonah. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on with Tamara Gondor podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition. And I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. 
Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy. But before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. Okay, moving backwards to Wednesday is Philip Winter, who is the co-founder and creator of Nebia. As I said, this is a, basically think of it as a faucet that saves a ton in water consumption. And he is a risk taker of fluid. Now, oh, I forgot to tell you about Jonah's um, tweaker inquisitive. My bad, let me go back. Sorry about that, guys. As you can tell, we're all like raw and authentic here. <laughs> all right, Jonah, who I was just talking about with his qualifiers is a tweaker inquisitive. So tweaker is all about adjusting, editing, optimizing. It's like things are never success or failure. It's about if I just make one little adjustment, tweakers are really brilliant at finding that one little tweak that's going to make all the difference in the world. So they don't always go for the big things. It takes them a lot of little things to get there. And in that, they find incredible innovation. And the inquisitive side is all about innovation in the questions, not the answers, challenging assumptions, digging deep. Not surprising, right? Given the story I just shared about him. That combination, Tweaker Inquisitive, is magical because it brings optimized and deep innovation to the table. Okay, now, that's me uh, backing up on a tape player, by the way, for those of us who are old enough to know what that means. Uh, Okay, Wednesday is Philip Winter, who's a risk taker fluid, Nebbia, the water consumption. Risk taker is all about innovating in the uncomfortable space. Risk takers tend to leap and like to figure it out as they go. They actually innovate best in that way. Fluid is all about turning ambiguity into clarity. So fluids are brilliant at taking that mess and pulling out the nuggets and finding the innovation. So while a lot of us can deal with ambiguity, we certainly have been have we've had to in the last couple of months or a couple of years. Fluids are really good at turning that ambiguity into innovation. And that combination of risk taker fluid brings bold, concise innovation to the table. So Phillips was sharing the story about. Um, creating Nebbia and his kind of inspiration for it. And he was saying how he was in the shower and he's like, I'm over here wasting water. And that's kind of where the inspiration for Nebbia came. And it got me thinking about, about listening to our aha moments because they happen in the most random places, don't they? They're not when we're thinking about the problem or the task. It's usually doing the dishes, going for a run, being in the car. I don't fill in the blank, right? It's everywhere, but when you're at your desk, isn't that the truth? Um, For me, it's oftentimes in the shower, for sure. Also, I take the longest hot showers ever. Sorry, Philip. And it's when I'm out running. I think those are the two places I really get it. So he talked about, for him, it was in the shower. And I thought, I wonder how often we listen to our aha moments and then how often we miss our aha moments. Because here's the thing. Ideas need a home. And if you're not going to pay attention to the idea that's coming to you, it's going to go somewhere else. I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert Isn't she the one who wrote Eat, Pray, Love? I think it was her that she said, ideas kind of fly around and they'll land on you like a butterfly. But if you don't pay attention to it, it'll fly away to somebody else. How many times have you looked at a product or something in the marketplace and thought, I had that idea once? I think that's totally true. So here's a piece of advice I want to give us all that I've gotten pretty good at over the years. 
when you have an aha moment for just about anything, even if it doesn't relate directly to your work or your life, write it down, give it the time and attention it deserves in that moment. Don't lose it. Don't try to remember it later. Don't let it be that butterfly that goes away. Write it down, capture it. I have found that simply taking any of those aha ideas that I have and capturing them makes them so much more fruitful to me. And then I get to go back to them. I get to look at them. I get to review them. Sometimes they really mean something like they're important to my business or my life. And sometimes they're just random ideas. But I think all too often we lose them because we let them fly away like that butterfly. So the exercise or the practice I want you to get into is every time you have an aha moment, one of those weird moments, doing the dishes, running, cleaning, whatever it is, stop and write it down, capture it, audio capture it on the notes on your phone, whatever it takes, just capture it. I promise you it's worth it. So thank you, Philip, for that great reminder. I will continue to capture my aha moments and I will know and remember that they come to me at the most random moments. All right, back to Tuesday, which is Jenny Glick, who is a marriage and and uh, sex counselor who does a lot of virtual counseling. And she's got these packages online and she is an instinctual inquisitive. So instinctual is all about connecting dots in new and meaningful ways. It's all about seeing patterns and trends before other people do kind of elevating data into insights. And then the inquisitive side is that challenging assumptions, digging deep, pulling back the layers. While the rest of us tend to play on the surface, inquisitives are like, but why? But how come, right? They're digging. And the magic in that combination, instinctual inquisitive, is connective, deep innovation. So she said something so powerful, and she shared an analogy that I hope you go back and listen to her full explanation. She talks about holding certainty lightly, holding certainty lightly. And what she meant by that is she really recognizes that she's really not certain about much and that everybody or other people are often right in their different opinions and perspectives. And she gave this incredible analogy of two people hiking up the same mountain. And on one side of the mountain, it's sunny and warm and the path is clear. And on the other side, it's cold and it's snowing and the path is a little more circuitous. Even though they're going up the same mountain, you can't convince the person on the cold side that the mountain's warm, right? And you can't convince the person on the warm side that the mountain's cold because they have two very different experiences, even though they're on the same mountain. They have different paths. She said, I've really come to learn that a lot of us are on the same mountain, but on different paths. And when I realized that, I was able to be open and expansive to new thinking, new ideas, new perspectives. She said it's made her stronger and it's helped the clients that she's worked with connect with each other. I love that analogy so much. She shares it and articulates it so much better than I do. So go back and listen. So after hearing that, I thought I'm pretty good at being open and non-judgmental, but I need to, to work on it. We all do, right? It's something we're always trying to get better at. And I thought I'm going to move from certainty to connection. So, or let me say it differently. In the next conversation I have where I'm trying to sell an idea or I'm in a debate, I'm going to move from convincing to connection, right? Convincing is where like, hey, my side of the mountain's warm. Let me show you why it's warm. Let me show you how so that you can say, yes, I see you versus me going, oh, yours is cold and mine is warm. How do we build that together? And so I'm in a conversation just after this interview, actually, with someone, and we're trying to make a decision. I think the decision should go one way. The person on my team thinks the decision should go another way. And at first, I found myself convincing. And then I remembered Jenny's interview, and I thought, all right, Tamara, back up. Don't convince. Connect. We're both on this mountain together. So I switched, and I started digging into 
how she was right. Not just if she was right or just going, okay, I hear you, agree to disagree. I hate that phrase, by the way. I think it's a cop-out. But really saying, okay, if you think your side of the mountain is cold, let me help you prove that it's cold so then we can work on work from that from that lens. And in doing that, it opened up a whole new level of conversation. There were parts where I'd say, there, first of all, we're both right, but there were parts in hers and parts in mine that actually came together to make a stronger de- decision. And I don't think we would have gotten there if I hadn't come to the realization that I was actually, even in being open-minded that her perspective is valid, I was still trying to convince her that mine was more right. So I walked away from that and I thought about this mountain analogy. So here's what I want you to do. The next time you're in a conversation with someone, by the way, if you really want to test yourself do this in a de- political debate with someone who you don't agree with, you will be amazed how hard it is. But at work, in life, with your kids, your partner, whoever it is, I want you to go from convincing to connecting and think about that mountain. And instead of thinking, well, how can I, how can I see them as valid, but my way is right? And actually think about how do I prove the rightness of their side and then come together that way? You'll be amazed at what happens. Go from convincing to connecting. All right, last but not least is Donna St. Louis on Monday, who's the founder of Firebrand. She works with uh, thought leaders and experts, and she coaches them on how to build and elevate their revenue and their business. She, She talked about a lot of different things. It was a great interview. I really go back and listen to the whole thing. But one of the things she said that really spoke to me was she said, we see our challenges incorrectly. She said, we see them as problems. But actually, what if they're an opportunity? And she went on to talk about a woman, one of her clients is in the clothing business, Peril, and she can't get product in. She can't get supply in, of course, and how that's causing a problem because then she has no product to sell. And Donna said, I coached her in seeing how this isn't a challenge. This is actually an opportunity. So if we see our lack of supply as an opportunity, what does that look like? Well, that got them to thinking about scarcity, which got them to thinking about um, pre-sales and some custom stuff and other ways to go to market while they're fixing the supply chain issue that turned supply chain issues into a benefit of scarcity and opportunity. So I'll let, you got to go back and listen to the whole thing. It'll make a lot more sense when she talks about it, but you get the point. Now, Donna, I just want to point this out, is an instinctual risk taker because you hear it in what I, the story I just said. Instinctual is all about that connective about the patterns, about A to B to X to Y over to A. Sometimes they know they're right. They're very gut-driven, but they don't know why. And they have to back up into the rationale. And then the risk taker is all about leaping and being uncomfortable. Not careless, but just that uncomfortable pressure is actually where they innovate best. And the magic in Donna's combination of instinctual risk taker is connective, bold innovation. But I love what Donna said about seeing challenges differently, seeing them as an opportunity, not as a problem. So I decided I was going to create an exercise around this. You know I love to be tangible. So I created an exercise that helps us take our problems into opportunities. And I tried it on a few of my problems. And guess what? Or challenges. It worked, right? So I took the challenge. I took how I think of it as a problem. And then I worked through some steps to turn it into an opportunity. And that, my friends, led to incredible ideas that will come later. More to come. I can't share them quite yet. But I want you to think about that. And when you see a challenge in front of you, I want you to articulate how it's a problem. Get that out. Don't avoid that. But then I want you to think about, well, hold on. If this challenge is an opportunity, what does that look like? How does that apply? I'm hoping to get this activity, this exercise that I built for you. It's a little bit on a napkin right now, but it really worked. Like I really, when I started to not just shift my mindset and 
the lens I look through, but actually work through the steps to turn it into an opportunity, it did. And it was incredible. More to come on that. All right, everybody. What a great week. Donna, Jenny, Philip, Jonah, thank you. And thank all of you out there, all you everyday innovators who are out there shaking it up and doing things differently. I so appreciate all of you and what you do out in the world. All right, more to come tomorrow out. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.